This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Speak Studios, presented by Delish Hamburgers. Speak Studios is a community-driven studio space where voices from all walks of life can speak and be heard. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Speak Studios and at their website, speakpodcasting.com. Speak Studios, speak and be heard. Hello, everyone, to Making It in Spokane, a podcast about Spokane's most creative people. Welcome, welcome from wherever you are listening from. I am Gina Mario Campbell, owner and operator of 1889 Salvage Company, and I started this podcast because I love creative people. I like to think of myself as creative, but you know what? Sometimes you get bored by yourself, and you just want to talk to people who do different things. So, how fun for me, right? So today, I'm thrilled to welcome Hera Allison. She is a photographer and an artist. She has fabulous red hair. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> and and uh, she's got a lot going on. She also has her own podcast. But we're going to start at the beginning. Welcome, Hera. Hello, thank you. And thanks for being here. And tell us first... A little bit about you. I mean, you don't have to start on the day you were born, but <laughs> you know, a little bit about your background. Oh, sure. Um, well, I'm the youngest of six kids. My mom was a fine artist who was a paralegal and didn't pursue her art. And she used to say that she would um, have time when she retires, and she passed away at 46. So I'm very passionate about living out loud and doing art and what makes you happy and, you know, pursuing your joys. And so um, I have just saw in my memories today that I won um, photography contest in high school and a ceramic contest. So I've been artistic my whole life and um, really enjoyed just uh, trying new things and being a writer. And anyway, I've been a graphic designer for... 31 years, I went to college for, um, got a Bachelor of Science in Communications, majored in advertising, and always loved photography, had a photo studio in my, a, d a dark room in my bedroom in high school, but kind of let that passion fade away, and about a year and a half ago, I rekindled the relationship with my camera, and it's been wonderful since. Oh, fabulous, because mm -hmm. I think I knew you uh, recognized your name as an artist. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've had some art shows around town. Yeah. And then, so photography is something you've done, but something you just, you've rekindled. Yeah. I I mean, I've always taken photographs, but I haven't even owned a real camera in years. And so I just, like a year and a half ago, got a new camera and have just been really pursuing the passion. And do you photograph in digital? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, well, I mean, you know, some people are super purists yeah, and yeah. they won't, but cause uh, you probably started with I, film. I did start with film. Yeah. And, you know, I had, like I said, I had my own dark room and when I edit my photos, I say I'm developing them because that's my, you know, the history I have in my head. Um, but digital is so great. I remember 
you know, having eight rolls of film to develop and the, the stress of that. Now you can just willy nilly take photos right. and not worry and, you know, hope one's good. And uh, the editing process is such a pleasure to see what you can create. And so that's been a real joy also, because when I developed photos in the past, you know, it was always just black and white and you kind of got what you got because I didn't know better back then. Right. Yeah. You know, there was something kind of cool about and um, I'm the world's worst photographer, by the way. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, I've actually had people tell me, you take terrible pictures. <laughs> but I think um, I loved when I took pictures, like getting that little envelope back and you mm -hmm. just waited for that envelope to be ready. And then like sometimes you splurged and got the 24 hour or mm -hmm. whatever, the one hour. And it was pretty expensive back then. Yeah, it was. So I just, those are fun memories and you bust and open that envelope. And then I also remember though, looking at my photos and thinking, okay, right. that really seemed better <laughs> when I took that than yeah. what it turned out to be. Well, I can't sustain this, but I call myself, when I was painting, I'd call myself the impatient painter. I, the minute I get home from a photo shoot, I'm looking through the photos and editing. I did a podcast last night and I, I mean, I finished at like five o'clock last night and I finished editing this morning because I have no patience. I cannot wait to see the finished creation. So I totally get waiting the one hour photo. Right. I can barely stand it. I'm not, it's just not, it's not going to be sustainable. Like, but I can't, I can't help it. I'm so excited. So that creative, you know, getting in there and working your magic with something that like that's in your blood. It's a pleasure. It is, I mean, it's such a, it's also a torture. I was just saying that the editing audio is awful, but to see what you create is wonderful. Yes. You know what I've really had to let go of um, is my, uh, we, I, we all hate our voice. Mm -hmm. It's like a human condition. Yeah. And, and it's also a little suspect if you're really in love with your own voice. <laughs> you're like, are you really okay? Um you know, maybe you're a narcissist or something if you really love your own voice. I don't know. I just know that that's kind of the human condition. I said, I mean, listening to myself in speakers and I don't, or in headphones and I don't usually wear them, but I know it's better for everybody if I do. And I'm hearing my own voice and I have this whole critique oh. going on about what my voice sounds like, you know, and I think we all are annoying to ourselves <laughs> a little bit, but I've also had to just let that go, Yeah, you know, and I think that applies also to the sort of creative process. Absolutely. You kind of have to get out of your own way in order to realize the greater result and, you know. And even if the result isn't what you hoped for, the process, if you can learn to enjoy the process, then it's a success. Right. Because there's been many times I've painted something or even photographs I've taken where I have this image in my head, what's going to be, and it's not that. Mm -hmm. But I still, in, I learned something. And so it was worthy. You mm. know, I just, you have to look at it that way. Otherwise you'll constantly critique yourself. Right. It's never going to be exactly what you expect. And I, I would be amazed if I ever do go to a photo photo shoot and it's, exactly how I planned it. It's all, I say everything is play because 
if it's not, then I'm going to, like, I, I can't hold myself to a, too high of a standard because if it's just play, then there's no pressure. Right. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I think pressure uh, on ourselves is something women do particularly well. We excel at putting a lot of pressure on ourselves. And, you know, I don't know, maybe men get up and think I have to be perfect, but I think it's different. Mm-hmm. And yes, women definitely have that. If we're going to do it, we have to do it better and uh, faster and more efficiently and all of that. And that that sucks the joy right out of it. Yeah. And, you know, I own I own a, a store and a vintage store. So we do lots of dis- displays and stuff like that. And I know for a fact that I'm not as talented as some of my vendors. But what I think about, I think, man, you're smart to get people better than you in here. <laughs> you know, like I still have fun doing it. And I think I'm very creative. I put together great displays and I think they're fabulous. But uh, I'm good with like I've let go of the ego part well, of of letting somebody else do it differently or better because uh, that just makes everything else look even that much better. No matter where you are, though, there'll be somebody that you think is better and worse. True. It doesn't matter. Like, And it's it can be different. I mean, as a graphic artist for 30 years, there are people's styles that I really love and some that I don't. And some are more um, successful than I am. But it just can't be a competition as long as I have... I think you attract the people who are supposed to be attracted to you. Yes. And that's what matters. It's not whether you're better or not better. Right. Or just the same thing I feel like with... Um, just like your voice or your looks, you're nobody's. You're you attract the people you're supposed to attract. It's not about somebody's prettier or not prettier. There's always right. going to be somebody that that that's true about. And I think too, on your last day, as you're about to take your last last breath, you're not thinking, "Man, I wasn't the prettiest." You're thinking about the things you didn't do. You're thinking about the creative things you didn't explore. Yes. And I think people wait a lot until they're ready. And that, you know, that I think it, you got to start before you're ready. I do not wait till I'm ready. <laughs> I decided, I think I should do a podcast. And with eight, within eight days, I was recording my first one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had done all the research. I bought all the equipment. I was learning how to edit. I am a not going to wait till it's perfect kind of girl. Yes. Because it's never going to be. No. We talked about that when back when I was first married and uh, to my first husband and we were wanting to have kids and he kept saying, you know, well, we've got to wait till we can afford it. I'm like, when will ever that be? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> never. So you can't, you just can't. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. No. Yeah. No. And I, and somebody said, um, a, a woman uh, that I follow, her name is Marie Forleo. She's a, an amazing... She, you know, she has her own, um, whole business about empowering women and small business and all that. And she says progress, not perfection all the time. Mm -hmm. And I just think that is so, I mean, really artists and creative people should just have that tattooed on their ass because, you know, it, it, that if you could live by one mantra, mm-hmm. progress, not perfection. I totally agree. And in all areas. Yes. Yes. I mean, it, yeah. In life. In life. That's a, that is something I definitely live by because every day is a new day 
and every art project is a new art project and you know you get another chance at seeing what you can create in in you know with your body or your life or your art it's all the same thing for me yeah so was the the situation with your mother who died before she really realized her creative dreams which i think was a was a theme for a particular generation mm-hmm. of women um we really are lucky it, our generation and the women that come after us uh, they have a lot more freedom to explore and do crazy things that um may have not been received well in past generations so tell me a little bit about how that informed you and how that sort of oh made you take hold of your present oh well you know I was 18 and she was 46 when she passed and I have just always thought life is short um I remember I was working for an agency in um, Coeur d'Alene, and <laughs> I didn't wasn't enjoying myself, and I wasn't there very long either. And I just left at lunch <laughs> and never went back. Oh my gosh! I just I and I was with my first husband at the time, and I was like, I'm starting my own business. <laughs> he was like, What? We can't afford it. It was, but that is just. What I think losing somebody at a young age does. I'm not going to put up with this. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to put up with anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to now be my own boss. <laughs> I still, oh, that didn't go over well. But I made it happen. And, you know. You there, learned. You learned. And so. Yeah. Yeah. I just think, I just think, you know, we, people say, I just interviewed somebody who has stage four cancer. And you, we were talking about. You live in the, you know, people say you have to live in the moment. And I just think that is true. You should assume you have cancer, if completely healthy, and assume that today might be your last day because yeah. it can be. Yeah. Live and like you're dying. Live like you're dying. And, you know, even if, even if yesterday I spent all day on the couch and never moved, I was completely content. I didn't waste a day because it was what my heart wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And if I'm going 100 miles an hour, that's okay too. So I just think just make sure you're just pursuing your passions and living out loud and don't don't care what anybody else thinks. Yes, that's a killer of joy right there. Right. That's the biggest killer of joy. Right. Comparison and letting other people's judgments. I think there's a difference between hearing input mm-hmm. and weighing input and looking at somebody's experience and and putting all those in the basket and looking at them. And then in the end, making a decision that feels right uh, based on your own parameters. It's when you let others influence you I think that you start to well then then not only did you not do what you really wanted to do what your heart or gut told you to do two powerful forces especially if you're a woman um I know that was probably sexist but you know there is that woman's intuition thing you you can email me if you disagree um but you also just later look back and I think you resent that you were influenced Mm -hmm. and that you didn't go, 
you know, you regret later that you didn't follow your own path. Right. And, you know, mindfulness is something I think you we could probably work on day in, day out for the rest of our lives and never. I, you could go into the depths of Peru and find some, you know, amazing meditating monk who still has not mastered mindfulness. Right. You know. Well, and um, I don't know. I always bring her up, but I don't know if you know who Byron Katie is, but she just says you have to have a questioning mind. Yes. And so if you can just approach everything with, I don't know, mm-hmm. that I think that's mindful. Also, I, I like to wonder. Mm-hmm. It takes the, sometimes when I'm fearful, I like to say, and I think this is great with a creative process. I wonder what I'm going to do with that wall. I wonder what I'm going to do with that problem. I wonder what I'm going to do with that relationship. Hmm. I wonder. And that it takes the pressure off because it's all a part of the process. You're wondering, Mm -hmm. you know, like, hmm, you're open to whatever might be there. And I think that that's really, really helped me is just to kind of wonder. I love that. That's just really another way of saying, I don't know. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that's really great. I like that. I wonder. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's it. I I do think that I wonder what's going to happen when I put this paint on there. Right. It's all it's exciting if you can go in that way. Yeah, because then you're open. You don't have you don't have unfulfilled expectations when the result doesn't turn out how you expected it. And when does it ever? Exactly. When does it ever? (laughs) I mean, I've been doing things for, you know, I've been doing graphic design for 30 years and I still go, oh, that's exciting. I didn't know that was going to happen when I did that. Yes. You know, or I moved this here. I was like, that's so much better. You know, I'm just always open to. Serendipity. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I love that word. Mm -hmm. I've talked about the words I don't like, like moist. Yeah. (laughs) I think I heard that episode and I was going to, I chimed in in my head with my (laughs) sister-in-law doesn't like the word nipple. Nipple. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But serendipity. I mean. I love it when a word sounds like what it is and it like hops along, it skips along. Serendipity. <laughs> I just, I love that. Word. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> there, I cannot, I can't do a podcast without talking about words. So I want you, I want to make sure that we talk about some of the um, things that you're doing. So let's start with your, your podcast. What's it called? Okay. It's called um, See Beneath Your Beautiful. And it started because, um, so... I'll go back a little bit if it's okay. okay. Yeah, please. Um, a cup about a year and a half ago, I went to a conference in Toronto, very spontaneously, as I like to do. I didn't really know why I was going. I thought it was to get reinvigorated for graphic design. That was my idea of what was going to happen. And it was called the Archangel Summit, and it was about dreamers. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the weekend, I realized I was one of them, that it wasn't for everybody else. And my dream was that I had learned finally to love myself, no matter what I look like and my weight, and I wanted that for others. And I didn't know how to go about that, you know. And then the next weekend, I was at another conference in California with uh, for women over 50, And I kept taking selfies with this lady who didn't like any of the photos. She didn't like herself in the photos. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the weekend, I asked her if she would mind if I took photos of her so she could see the beauty that I saw. 
Right. And that started a project called Yes, Yes Magic, which is a line from um, Streetcar Named Desire. I love it. Obviously, I love it. It's tattooed on me. And um, so I started interviewing women. Um, I was going to do, it was right before my 52nd birthday, and I was interviewing 52 women in 52 weeks starting on my 52nd birthday. And before COVID hit, I got to 25. And I would sit down with them and just, we would talk, have private conversations, and they would last sometimes an hour. And women would really, I found they would open up to me that they were, I was a safe place and they could be vulnerable. And then um, I did another series called See Me, a photographic series where women chose words that described who they are, not what they look like. Mm -hmm. And we painted them on their backs. And there was the same thing. I'd sit down with them first to discuss the words and I would hear all their stories. And I just realized that I had a talent for that or... Somehow people felt safe with me to discuss mm-hmm. private issues. Yeah. And so that's how the podcast was born. I realized I have been in training <laughs> doing all these art projects, and they are all been free, just projects, giving my time just because it's what I feel called to do. And so here I am now with a podcast doing the same thing. And so ultimately you want women to talk about and to hear in the women being interviewed um, beneath the facade. Right. Like who, what they are. Not just women, just because I also did a series called Real Men. And, um, you know, the people who who felt called to be part of it, there was a quadriplegic man, a transgender man, a gay man. I just love that people want to be seen and heard for who they are Mm -hmm. and not what they look like. That is right. really something I feel passionate about, that we are so judgmental of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And last year I had lost a lot of weight. I have since gained all the weight back, and I think, excellent, because <laughs> I still love myself. I have I proved that it's not what I look like or how necessarily I'm feeling in this shell. Right. It's my heart and my soul that is who I am. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of feel like it was a little blessing to gain all the weight back because... I can say to you, honestly, you have to love yourself because I'm, I'm living it. Right. It's not because I've lost, you know, 50 pounds. It's, be, you know, it's not about that. It's who I am. And you know what I find is that um, that woman that weighs, you know, 74 pounds and is a size negative zero, she still has her stuff too. Absolutely. She I, still right. is, you know, worried about maintaining that or... That, you know, I mean, it, it just, it, it's such a relative thing. And that's part of being stuck in a body. Mm-hmm. And I mean, a lot of great joys come from being in a body. We're experiencing the senses and food and the sky and smells and ever, art and all of that. That's it. It's a gift. But yes, absolutely. But ultimately the shell goes away. I've, I've finally gotten to the point after battling, um, I've had weight problems my entire life and I've lost the same 40 pounds uh, so many times. And finally I'm, I'm losing again, not because, um, I'm single and I want to 
make sure I can stay in the dating scene or, you know, all the stupid reasons that I, you know, I didn't want to look, I didn't want to be the fat one with my friend, you know, like all of the, those reasons Mm -hmm. that don't, are not truly motivating. Mm -hmm. I actually realized at 54 that I've got a lot of shit to do. Excuse my language. (laughs) I have got a lot to do and I've got a lot going and I want my health to align with the things I want to do that um the plan I'm doing asked me for my big picture and that was my big picture it wasn't about I mean yes I want to be healthy I mean that's you know important absolutely but because I want to do things right I want to be that 90 year old woman that's still you know walking every day and right where's you know cute clothes because I I I enjoy style you know definitely not 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 to be better than anybody but because I'm still enjoying life you Mm -hmm. know I'm still enjoying being a woman Mm -hmm. and so yeah if I have anything if there's anybody under 30 listening you're gonna get fatter believe me (laughs) just let it go (laughs) yeah eventually you'll probably be a little fatter you know (laughs) well and you mentioned my red hair which is I'm letting my hair grow out and be my natural gray so that's why I'm like I laughed when you said you uh, I have great red hair because I'm ready to embrace who you know I don't think God made a mistake and I don't need to keep covering it up right <laughs> I'm ready to just embrace it yeah yeah you know I finally I'm letting my hair go I'm not going super gray but I am going gray in places and I just when you're standing in front of the mirror after smearing Vaseline all over your forehead and around your ears and you're wearing gloves and you're you're all slicked up with the goop on your hair and you can't do anything for 30 minutes because you get that one tiny molecule of that hair dye on anything it's and it's ruined <laughs> right right you get it on your porcelain sink yes. and you're freaking out because you got to get it off and then there's the whole I've actually used Windex to get it off my face because I had a stylist tell me that Windex works. I'm like, here I am using Windex on my face to get this hair dye off. Plus, I wonder, you know, I know I've got a skull in there, but this can't be good, all these chemicals sitting on my head. Well, and that's the thing. I use all natural everything, laundry detergent, hair, shampoo, deodorant. And coloring my hair makes no freaking sense. <laughs> I'm like such a hypocrite. So I finally gave it up. Yeah. You know, and I don't, I don't know if it's bad for you or not. I just know that I, that half an hour that I yeah. sit looking at myself with goop on my head, waiting for it to be over. I, I just, I'm like, okay, I'm done. Well, I'm- and you know, this is so silly, but the, the person who made me <laughs> so embarrassing, the, the, the way I felt like I could do this was I was watching the Connors. And, you know, Lori Metcalf, uh, Roseanne's sister. Uh-huh. She's on national TV with half gray hair and half regular hair because of COVID. And I'm like, if she could be on national TV, <laughs> I can do it in the privacy of my home. I'm not even leaving my house. Right. <laughs> Who cares? I'm so, I got to really just get over myself. Yeah. Don't so, we all? So I'm going to just go through the grow out and be totally okay with it. Absolutely. What a love. I'm going to enjoy the process just like I would a painting. Like and ooh, every day, what's going to happen? I'm going to wonder. Yeah. What am I, I going to look like today? I wonder what my hair is going to, yep. Yeah. I, after um, 
I'm going to use a word here on the a podcast after menopause. <laughs> my hair got wavy. Mm. I have had stick straight hair. And then during COVID, it grew out and grew out with waves in it. <laughs> and it was, it's been so weird. I don't even know myself. I'm like, oh, I, I have like sort of wavy hair. I mean, I'm used to literally pin straight hair. Yeah. So that, yeah. Um, so that's a good thing. Maybe, you know, maybe you can look forward to menopause because your hair will change. Yeah, well, I don't have to look forward to it. Here, <laughs> I, here I am. <laughs> That's an entire podcast or 12 <laughs> right there. It'd be fun to have a conversation with a few different women. Yes. Find out all the, uh, the yeah. changes that, I mean, some good, some bad. Right. But also, I think there's something about that whole middle age process and that, that has you you know, you just don't care as much anymore. And that's a, that's a, such a great thing. It's, it's a real grace. It's a real, it's so great to be here. I used to hear women say, oh, 50 is great. And I thought, well, you have to say that because you're 50. Right. But it's not true. It is great to be this age. And I mean, I'm 53. Just to be like, you know, you just a, a don't care attitude, and I don't mm-hmm. feel like I'm letting myself go. I feel like I'm embracing myself. There's a right. big difference, right? Absolutely, because you if you can still do the things you want to do, and you have that energy, and like I've taken a hold of a lot of issues, and uh, finally I'm sleeping better. And oh, it's kind of amazing what life is like when you actually <laughs> sleep at night. I actually think maybe. It's planned that way. Like you sleep at night and then you are more creative and you have more to give in, you know, in, in your life. And I just went for so many years Mm -hmm. not taking care of what I needed to take care of. And I'll just say it because I want to be very transparent. Um, I was diagnosed with obstructive sleep apnea. So Mm -hmm. I use a sleep machine Mm -hmm. and at first, so I put this thing on my face every night. And I feel like an alien. And my husband is so sweet because, like, I don't want him to see that. I mean, come on. But he's so great. I just want to give him props. His, his, no matter what I do, like I turn over so he can't see me or whatever. (laughs) Oh, babe. Which translates to, I really don't care. Right. (laughs) Right. And I love that. But, you know, I think I put off this diagnosis for years because no way in he double toothpicks was i going to sleep with a mask on my face yeah and finally i just i'm like oh please get over yourself do you want to sleep or not or do you want to be you know near schizophrenia every day because you're so (laughs) stinking tired well and don't this is i think this age i'm sad to say that there's nothing better than a good night's sleep i know (laughs) It's I mean, so there's some true. great things in life, but nothing better than waking up feeling refreshed because it's yes. so, it was, you know, I agree with you. It was fleeting for many years. I actually take um, something called sleep mode, which helps me sleep because, and then they were just going to be out of it. They were out of stock. And I was like, what would I possibly do without right. sleep mode? Like, that's funny. It's just melatonin. But, right. Right. But, um, Yes. Yeah, I suffered from that for a long time, too. My friend said that she found a Facebook group 
that talks about menopause because no women talk about it. And it's true. It's pretty, there's a lot of embarrassing <laughs> symptoms. Yes. So uh, it's not a topic I discuss. And I have a lot of women in my age group. And mm-hmm. we just, that's not something that comes up really. You know, I find that um, because I am embarrassingly transparent, um, <laughs> my, you know, my husband's like, wow, babe, do you have to talk about everything and I you know it just never occurs to me to not talk about stuff Mm -hmm. and hence I have a podcast but you know I talk to women all the time in my store total strangers and it is a universal topic and you do feel you feel okay talking about it with other women it does feel outside of that that it's some sort of weird topic um that only old women, like as soon as you talk about menopause, your sex appeal is at zero. Like you just took all of your sexy out of the bucket and threw it, you know, and it's not true. You do not. I have walked out of a a meeting into the winter air to cool off. Right. It's not sexy. No, no. That part isn't sexy. No, having sweat dripping. dripping. Yeah, Yeah. no, not sexy. And there's just so many other things as well that you know what we're talking about out there. I'm just going to say one thing and then we'll stop this conversation. But I just discovered I get pellets uh, like shot, uh, injected, there's the word, injected Uh into my butt. And I don't sweat anymore. Ah. A hormonal replacement therapy. Right, right. So it's a life changer. I'm not constantly throwing on and off the covers or opening and closing the window, which was for a few years all I did. So... if Anyway, somebody, you should look into that. That But the great cosmic joke is that you get to go through all of this and then get a pellet injected into your butt. (laughs) I'm it's just hysterical. saying. I, know. I mean, that I don't think I. I haven't told many. But now everybody knows. Thank I, God I, that you know middle-aged women have a sense of humor because right. if you don't, you're screwed. We had to get over ourselves. Oh, so that's why I'm saying 50s lovely because you right. really do just get over yourself. Who cares? You totally. You can. Do. You can know that I have pellets. <laughs> well, and it's it's and that I have a sleep mask. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's all out there now. Mm-hmm. And so I want to talk about your project Unveil, Mm. because I think that clearly you are an empower of women Mm. and of people and that you, it's important to you that people, uh, feel their, their worth and not just creatively, but just feel their worth as, as a human being on the earth. It really is important to me. And I often wonder, like, I don't know why I'm the the bar that says you're worthy. Like, I, I'm not, I can't, I can't be that. They have to feel it for themselves. But during Unveil, that was a really interesting process because I was photographing women in my studio wrapped in tulle mm-hmm. and a, a little bit of fabric, but mostly just tulle. And we would take a bunch of photos and they could see it on the monitor and afterwards, they'd go through and say what they'd like. And they, uh, they, um, most of them would say before we even edited them, oh, my God, they're so beautiful. And I would say, all I did was point the camera at you. You are beautiful. I loved that even before editing, which, because I do help them in editing, you know, mm-hmm. like everything's soft and smooth and stuff, that they could see their beauty. And I think sometimes just giving 
women the opportunity to be soft and vulnerable and um, embrace their beauty, no matter what size they are. There was a lot of heavy women, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I just love that. I'm just really feel called to do that. Like I said, all these projects are free. There's no charge. I just want, and I just put it out there and whoever says yes, the first few, however they say yes, that's who goes. Like there's no requirement. Mm-hmm. When I was doing Yes, Yes Magic, I had a man email me once to say, um, my wife should be in your project and here's all of her accomplishments. And I thought, oh, how interesting. She didn't have to have one there was nothing I needed of her mm-hmm. except that she was her. Right. That she was just worthy based on nothing. Right. So that is my, what I want everybody to know. Because I struggled, I, you know, your mess is your message. I struggled so much being the youngest of six kids. My mom was a single mom. I was really lost in the mix. I don't think I, I don't think I spoke until I was 15 when my, the sister older than me, they would ask her what I liked, what I wanted to eat. Like, I just didn't have a voice. And I think that's where this comes from. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thankful for those things because I'm helping other women and other people see, you know, see their value. And you are, um, you're soft spoken, but strong. I mean, I think the way that your message comes out too is not that you need to be soft spoken, but I think that that's your natural way, but yet the message is still powerful. And, you know, and like, like my message, I'm, um, there's nothing soft-spoken about me. I would love to be more soft-spoken, not just never was. I, I also didn't have a voice and the way that I dealt with it was as soon as I could have a voice, I screamed Mm -hmm. and, you know, metaphorically Mm -hmm. and probably still am doing that. And I think you have to just be who you are. I sometimes think, okay, why can't I be you know, more quiet and reserved and, you know, that sort of strong, silent type. And, and then I laugh and I, cause that's not who you are. And the irony is I am most attracted to women who are bold and outspoken. So we all want what we don't right. have. Like having uh, curly hair and exactly. red hair. I've always wanted stick straight hair. That's, you know, people hate because yeah. I don't have it. So right. totally that just is the human nature, I think. But the mo- the women I am most attracted to are bold and brash, brass, brash. Yeah. One of those words. And um, so that's funny. We're attracted to, you know, Different. I think I should be that, you yeah. know, because yeah. I'll get my point across. And see, and I'd love to be a little more elegant <laughs> and soft-spoken mm-hmm. like you are. I don't know if I'm elegant, but <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah. I think so. Oh, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I thought my mother was very elegant and sophisticated, and I just kept thinking, well, when is it going to hit? Right. Because <laughs> I'm still... I'm still waiting and for maybe it. she was also, and just didn't know it, I just, that, you know, just still feel like the little 12-year-old that is pretending to be a woman, mm-hmm. you know. When my daughter, my daughter's 25 now, one of them, and when she turned 12, I sat down with her. I thought I was so funny. I was like, now we're both 12. What's Who's going to take care of who? <laughs> But that's literally how I felt, you know, right. how am I in charge? <laughs> I know. I often think that. Yeah. I think, well, especially I'm an only child. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm, well, I'm my mother's only child. And my dad had 
uh, other children. And there's a special relationship between an only child and the mom, right? So my mom is pretty sure that I'm going to be 11 forever. (laughs) And that, so she still reaches out in the car when Uh we come up fast to a red light. She will call randomly and ask me what kind of tires I have on my car. Um, like seriously, so I'm that 11. She can, so that she can get you new tires? No, well, so that she can be sure that my tires are safe. Oh. Because <laughs> even though I'm a 54-year-old business owner um, who I've been married, I'm married and I do a lot of things in the community and and a homeowner, all that stuff, right? Like you think I'm, I've got the adult thing sort of down. My judgment may not be enough that I would put the right tires on my car. <laughs> so she needs to worry about that. And it at, all at once annoys me. And I love her for that, for that. Yeah. Like, Ma, I'm 54. <laughs> I know what tires to get. I know consumer reports. I can get online. Like, mm-hmm. but that's just, you have to hear the love language right, there. Right. You know, mothers I, are a, mothers are a rare, well, they're not rare, but, but it, that thing, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a magical elixir there mm-hmm. that, that, that has you worry even when you've done your job. Yeah. You know, that's another fascinating topic to me. Because I know so many women who are don't even talk to their mothers are or are annoyed with their mothers. I would say my own daughters are annoyed with their mother. Right, of course. <laughs> and I'm like, but you're so lucky to have me. Right. You should just be thinking every day that I'm alive. <laughs> like, wow, get over yourself. Like, so I, I have a real, it's so interesting to me. I don't have a problem with it. It's so interesting to me, mother-daughter relationships. Yes. And I don't know if you watch This Is Us, but that show makes me so cranky because the mother-daughter relationship is so weird. Uh, like, life is short, and I just think you shouldn't waste it on all, you know, right. on the petty. Right. Like, we have to just love each other, and I think my kids should love me in all my faults. Right. <laughs> and in the end, you know, you look back, and you can name everything that your parents did wrong. Yeah. And But then you also think, well, uh you know, I, I became a lot more uh, giving of grace when I was in relationships where there were stepchildren, right. you know, where there were, you right. know, because you realize how stinking hard it is right. and it's thankless and all of that. That's, and you kind of can yeah. just, you know, give a little bit more yeah. grace. Plus, you know, yeah, I mean, my, my mom is 74, my dad is 76 and, you know, uh, I don't, you know, who knows how long they have left. It could be 15 years or it could be a year. I have no idea. And so you want to kind of embrace that Mm -hmm. and let go, you know, of all those things that that they did wrong, so to speak. And the more I mother, the more I appreciate my mother and actually take a moment to consider her perspective, which Mm -hmm. I never did. Yeah. Like, um, guys were open here yeah I had an abortion when I was 15 or 16 and I never until I was a grown woman did I consider her perspective of having to figure out what to do with me and how to help me Mm -hmm. isn't that crazy like I never once thought of her side Mm -hmm. like 
I love parenting because I love my mother more. Mm -hmm. I, I totally forgive and don't even need to forgive. I totally just see her as a woman or as a 12 year old who's trying to raise six kids, Mm -hmm. you know, she actually did get married at 15. So she just didn't have tools in her toolbox to be, you know, so it's been really good to have grace with her to to find it. Yeah. That when you think about what women before us and men, men too, Mm -hmm. uh, starting families so young and having zero opportunity, like my grandmother's, um, my one grandma, I think really, uh, brought out the creative side in me, but my other grandma who I love, 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 they're both gone now, but she didn't have time to think about, you know, she, she knitted because she could make things that the family needed, Mm -hmm. but that was her, you know, I mean, that was it. Right. And that was after a long day of taking care of a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. And so part, I think, we're very lucky in this day and age where we actually can make a living being creative and we have the bandwidth to be creative. There's technologies that help us to be creative. There's, you know, it's not, we're not tunneled into a, you get married and have as many kids as you can have. Right. And um, I mean, just, I, I have generations ago, I don't know how many it would be, but I mean, I have, I had a great, 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 great that had 24 children. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. And I mean, can you As even a litter. imagine? Yeah. And there was, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of twins in there, by the way, my, that runs in my family. I think that's why I never had children. <laughs> I was afraid. <laughs> I get pregnant twice and have four kids. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's just generous, a couple generations ago. Right. How right. can you even imagine? I'm lucky. I feel good about myself if I'm wearing matching shoes <laughs> and to my outfit and I'm out the door with something right. healthy for breakfast. Right. No, yes. <laughs> I'm totally 100% with you. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about not, I mean, I guess I don't see you having this rigid process. I see you very yeah. open and flowing. Yeah. Um, but is there... What, tell me about your process. Do you get, like sometimes for me, I'll think, ooh, what if I took this thing and I put that in it and then we, you know, did this and I'll get like a display in my head just walking down the street Mm -hmm. and then I got to try it, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So how do things come to you? What do you, what's sort of like your process for creating? Well, I do um, look at other people's art you know, in terms of when it was, when I was painting, I would look at other paintings. And when it was, when it's photography, I look at other photos to get an idea, maybe even a posing or whatever. Um, there is another photographer in town who's been very helpful to me. And one of her things is that she's a planner. And, you know, they, there's a creative meeting and there's, this is what we're going to do. And she writes it all down and there's a list. And I would probably be successful if I did that, but it is not in my nature. I am 100% not a list maker, mm-hmm. and um, I'm a real go with the flow. I'm. I tell people to. I would prefer you not get you get your hair and makeup done, and I would prefer you not go out and buy a new outfit, which is 
not what people normally hear, but I want you to look like you. I want you to feel like you. I want you to be 100% comfortable. And I want to go out and have fun and capture the real you. Right. And you're not uptight because your hair is out of whack or whatever. Because if your hair is out of whack, it's going to look cool in the photo, I think. You know, when something's askew, that's what makes it a cool photo. So my method is there's no method. Hey, that's as good a method as any. And when I paint... I mean, it's the same thing. I just, I'm like, oh, who was it? There was a famous musician that painted, and he says he's just pushing paint around. Mm. That's how I feel like, you know, let's let's see if I push it this direction or that direction. It's just really fun to just enjoy the process. So I don't know. I don't really have a method, and I'm not. Same thing with, you know, like you do with your podcast. I'm just like, let's have a conversation. Right. I don't want to have an interview. I want to have a conversation with you and see where it goes. Right. Yeah. Organically, yeah. it just grows from yeah. wherever. Yeah. I, before we went on, I was saying I used, I had all the questions listed out and they all flowed and all that. And I found that the conversation is what flows. Mm -hmm. It's not the questions. And if you cut off the conversation to look at your questions, that doesn't work. So you just want to take that. Like I did not plan on talking about menopause when I walked in this room. (laughs) I did not. There's been many topics I did not plan on mentioning. (laughs) Welcome to me. And me me too. So I'm totally, totally fine with it. Welcome to my life. Yes. This is what happens when you talk to me too. But I also think that's good though. You know, I mean, I, I want to be transparent Mm -hmm. and I mean, if you're going to be transparent, you might as well be transparent, right? I think so. hundred percent. I really appreciate that in people is one of my favorite qualities in a person is that they're just ability to just say it like it is. Yes. And you know, the thing about it too, is that if you aren't, for me, it's just easy because then I'm not remembering what <laughs> I'm not telling people. Yeah. You know, I don't have to remember anything. That's well, so good. That's <laughs> interesting because people say, oh, I'm, you're so vulnerable. And I don't understand because it's not a thing I'm trying to do. It's right. not a, it's not going outside of my comfort zone at all. Yeah. You don't it feel is, vulnerable. It is literally just, okay. You're just doing just, whatever you do. It's just easy for me. And I don't yeah. feel like I've. I don't feel like I any, have anything to hide when they say, you know, they're going to steal your data. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I got nothing. Right. <laughs> steal my data. Steal my data. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 it, it's easier. It just is easier. Yeah. I mean, obviously we don't want our data I stolen. Don't, my, don't steal data, don't people. Steal my, don't steal my account numbers, That's but anything wrong. else you can have. <laughs> right, right. I got Absolutely. no secrets. Yeah. Well, and I... I think that comes out in your personality. People have energy. People have, I don't see auras or anything, but I'm a, I think I'm a pretty empathic person and, and yeah, you have a very calm, oh. you know, yeah, nice energy. I don't Thanks. think my energy is calm, but, um, I don't think I, it needs to be, you know, I think it is actually. Oh, well, that's good. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Always wanted calm energy. <laughs> give me calm. <laughs> Demand yeah. it. Yes, give me calm right now. Now, that's bossy, bossy what, is like, one that gets. Give me patience now. <laughs> Yesterday, yeah, that's one I don't have. So, what do you think is next? Like, what do you think is your next oh thing? Like, what what are you doing? Um, what are you interested in that you've not? Like, I I think uh, sometimes I think you know, maybe I'm just going to give it all up and go back to school and become a zookeeper. (laughs) 
I'm not kidding. <laughs> so not on my radar. <laughs> In my wildest dreams, that is not something I think. But you know, yeah. I, yeah. I. Oh well, I see. Love oh right. Look, that. yes, yes, I see all your animal, loving, <laughs> yes, your animal loving posts. Um, and I'm not an animal hater. Just that my one cat, I could when she goes, we're done. Okay. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I understand. She's the boss of the house, and oh, yeah. I did not sign up for that. Well, and that that you know that's. Because cats. Yeah. <laughs> I have to lock her outside the house when I do a podcast because she will just scratch on any closed door. So anyway, right. sorry. Of Kat, course. I did feel really guilty. So, uh, oh, I do have a dream for myself. I hope, like I said, I'm not making any money. I One, one talent I have is not making money. So I would like to change that. Mm-hmm. And my goal is to be... Uh, my husband, ha- I have a stepson who is just about to be 13. And so we have a five-year goal of being debt-free and being able to travel and um, getting paid to do photographs all over the world. Mm-hmm. And so I'm dreaming big. Yes. I don't know how that's going to happen, but I have a feeling it's going to happen. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So... And maybe it's doing these kind of empowering photo shoots and maybe it's just because people want to be seen in the way that I see them. Who knows? I just have, what a, what a great thing to, to travel. I love to travel. We one time, I say the story all the time. One time we went down, we followed this garage sale sign, my husband and I, and it was 10 miles down this windy road. I couldn't have been happier. And I said, while we were traveling it, I would never have seen this road had we not followed that sign. Mm-hmm. And so I just appreciate going down untraveled roads that I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I want to do. I want to see things I haven't seen before and get paid to do it. And I think that's a lot of, of uh, why I started this podcast too, because I feel really strongly that it is possible to get paid and be creative Mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with wanting to make a living creatively. And I know people, there's people that they want to go and they want to, you know, add up the numbers or they want to assess risk and they, they go to the office from this time to this time and they know what their paycheck is and that's what makes them happy. And I think that is fantastic. I, from my very first job, knew that wouldn't make me happy. Mm-hmm. Literally busted my butt to get through college and, you know, put myself, worked all the way, took a fifth year and all that so that I could get myself through college. And then I, I landed a job at a local TV station in the newsroom as a, you know, Girl Friday, whatever. And really my first week I'm like what what did I do Mm -hmm. and then I kept thinking that it was going to change or I would mature and I got to my second and third job and it would be different and there were great jobs in there don't don't get me wrong there were some fantastic jobs in there and some of them were more creative and some less and um, you know I've done a lot of different things And I never, ever, ever thought of myself as an entrepreneur, ever, Mm. and then found myself as an entrepreneur and Mm -hmm. thought, oh my God, I'm an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. That's totally interesting. 
So I feel, I, you know, one of the messages that I want to get across to people, and I think it does come through in the conversations I have, is that if you want to get paid to be creative, whatever creative is to you, you can. I want to say that I have made a great living as being a graphic designer. I'm not saying I'm I'm not making it. Right. I have, you know, six figures, years, and doing art. Right. That is art. And um, I've made money at art shows, and I make money at photography. But I'm just saying I would love to just do photography someday and get paid to travel. So right. So you can... You can make a living doing what you love. You can and design I've, it yourself. Right. And yeah. I have been so blessed to be able to do graphic design. I've only had one career since college. Right. And so. That's, and, that's and, awesome. And to, and to add photography to the mix feels very natural because it, it's part of design. And, and my design background helps in the photography. Right. And so, yeah, I don't want to say that I am making it. Right. Yeah. You're making it <laughs> I'm in Spokane. Making it in Spokane. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's, I definitely think you should be doing what you love. So, you know, here out there, if you're doing something you don't want to do or isn't your real true thing, um, don't give up and don't stop dreaming because there is, you don't, you know, there's, there's not such a thing as, you have to go work in an office if you hate it to make money. Right. Um, sometimes it takes different roads and sometimes you have to work in the office while you do the other thing and figure out what feels right. But um, there is, you know, you're never too old to dream and you're never too old to live a creative life. I think the younger generation knows that. Don't you think that? Yes, they're probably More than us. right. Yeah, I think so. My daughters are both creative and artists, and I just think they know that there's more than we thought there was. You know, right. one path. Right. They just their world is open to them. It feels like yes. And yeah. COVID, the one thing I think COVID has provided mm -hmm. is is it's shown that um, the gig economy is a real thing. Mm -hmm. That there are ways that you can work from home and do different things, and uh, the world is not what we necessarily thought that it was in a nine to five sort of, you know, box. Right. So I just want to say thank you so much oh, for, for being me. here and for sharing and for being willing to um, go down the <laughs> whatever, rabbit whatever hole rabbit hole I hop down, which I just that hop in. Fun. I don't care. Um, yes, I, I wish you tremendous success oh, and I, I hope that, um, one day I'll be following your, your travel blog on Instagram oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, travel blog. with Thanks. your thousands and thousands <laughs> of followers Yeah, that'd be nice. and, and you'll remember the day we talked about menopause. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well. Thanks, everybody, for listening and tune in. Next time, this has been Making It in Spokane. Let's break with no way. You've never played with toys like me. Hey, hey. You got me crazy. You got me insane. I can't get over you. Please get up on my brain. I'm off the wall for you. I'm off the wall for you. I'll give it all to you. Cause I'm off the wall for you. You got me crazy. You got me insane. I can't get over you. Up, up on my brain, I'm off the wall for ya, I'm off the wall for ya.